Brothers and sisters, welcome to Coffee Conversations in Christ, where we have candid conversations about Catholicism in the world today with a cup of coffee in hand. Today, we talk about lessons in love. Let me read the Gospel for today, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, You shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin, and whoever says, You fool! will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly, while on the way to court with him. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. The Gospel of the Lord I want to know who our love is and I want you to show me I hear this song over and over again and I think of this Gospel because when we think about Christ and the New Covenant, often people see it as a release from the demands of the Old Covenant, when in fact, Jesus said he would fulfill the law. And St. Augustine says this fulfillment is an increase of the law, something that becomes more strict, something that becomes more demanding. But why is that the case? Why does Christ become more demanding in the New Testament? Because he has removed the veil from our eyes. The veil that we see from the first reading where St. Paul says, To this day, in fact, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over the hearts of the children of Israel. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. The thing about this veil is that from the Old Testament, we see a gradual unveiling of the mystery of God. We see that God teaches His chosen people bit by bit by bit to prepare them, much like any teacher would. A teacher, for example, of physics would have to start with elementary physics. They would have to start with how things move, with Newtonian laws, before they would go on to explain black holes and quantum physics. Even someone riding a bike would first put on training wheels before they ask them to do all of these crazy tricks. We start by looking at what level the people we are trying to teach are at, and then we act accordingly. And so, in the Old Testament, there is this focus on the positive laws. The laws that, yes, they are divine laws, as Aquinas would say, but they are 
positive laws, positive enumerations of these laws. We remember that the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, formed the central tenets of morality. In the New Testament, this is not the case. In the New Testament, there are two main uh, laws, two main uh, commandments for us to follow. To love God above all, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Does that mean that it's easier? No, because those laws are much more general. It's so much easier to be moral when you know exactly what it means to be moral. When there are all of these guidelines for you. But in the New Testament, it becomes more general and it requires our own senses. It is easy to figure out if the cloth on your shirt is different. It is easy to figure out if you're eating pork. But it is difficult to figure out whether what you're doing is born out of true love or of personal interest. Why is there this change in the concept of our morality? Well, I want to read this long passage from The Heart by Dietrich von Hildebrand. I've been reading this book uh, for a while. I stopped. Uh, about a few, I think two chapters in, and I started again yesterday to prepare for the Sacred Heart. When I went through it now, I did not stop because it's an amazing book and it really resonated with me. It, it's something that I'm going to be talking about again tomorrow. But this section specifically pertains to this changing of the law, changing of morality. And let me read it to you. Forgive me for how long this is, but there is no better way to put it. The person of Christ is the very center of the revelation of the New Testament. For Christ is not only the Redeemer, He is also the epiphany of God. Through His sacred humanity, He is the self-revelation of God. For the light of your glory has flooded the eyes of our mind anew in the mystery of the Word made flesh. And through him whom we recognize as God made visible, may we be caught up into a love of things unseen, quoted from the preface of Christmas. Christ speaks primarily of God's commandments, of supernatural truth, redemption, the necessity of being reborn. He speaks of what is pleasing in God's eyes, what we should do and what we should abstain from, of our vocation, of what we can hope for if we follow him. Yet every word, every parable, his every deed reveals his sacred humanity and through it, his divinity. And again, when Christ speaks of himself as the son of man, of his mission, and of his being one with the Father, his words shed light on the personality of Christ and on his sacred humanity. He goes on to say in a later part, A new world is open to our minds. We hear words with a supernatural ring as the glory of divine charity unfolds itself before our eyes. The infinite character of this charity flashes up. All obstacles and all boundaries to love are leveled. Attitudes which on a natural level seem justified are incompatible with love and even sinful. The commandment of charity reaches to unknown depths. Not only deeds positively injuring our neighbor, but even sharp words are incompatible with charity. And not only our neighbor, but our enemy also deserves charity. The reign of charity is no longer restricted in any manner or to any realm. 
Victoriously, the kingdom of charity surpasses all natural bounds. Kingdom of justice, of love, and of peace, as the preface of the Feast of Christ the King says. Upon hearing these words, one cannot but be overwhelmed by the completely new quality of love, which infinitely surpasses even the most noble natural love. In the face of this charity, its ineffable holiness and blissful beauty, all natural categories fail. St. John says, this is the victory that overcometh the world, our faith. We feel compelled to add, this charity is the victory over the world. And it is the voice of the heart of Jesus which we hear. It is the glory of his heart. The quality and nature of his heart became, become transparent. So meek, ardent, glorious, so beyond reach of any ideal envisioned by the human mind. Heart of Jesus, infinite in majesty, have mercy on us. It's beautiful because it talks about how Jesus Christ reveals the Father's love for us. And how exactly did he do it? By descending, becoming man, dying on the cross, rising again, and ascending to bring us up with him. That is the expression of love. We see in the Old Testament an emphasis on the glory of God. And Jesus is still glorious. Nothing is taken away from him. But we see that the concept of morality in the Old Testament is a concept of glorious morality, of being great, of looking for eternal justice. And that's not something that's incompatible, but it's something that's incomplete. Because true morality, true love does not care about just what you have. It cares about what you are willing to give for the sake of the beloved. We see in the readings for today how we are asked to let go of our pride, of our own self-interest, in order to help the people who injure us, the people we oppose, the people we are in disagreements with. Because that is love. Because to love them means to be able to let go of things that we cling to. To love them means to be like Jesus Christ, to remove our superiority, to forget that we have this moral ascendancy and take in even the people who seem to not deserve it because we love. We are going to be treated like fools, as naive, as vulnerable people just to be exploited. But this is the love of Christ. This love of Christ that seems so foolish for the world is the greatest wisdom. It is the love that the Sacred Heart teaches us an eternal love, an endless love, a giving love, a totally self-giving love. The morality of the New Testament is no longer limited to the glory, to the, seek, the seeking of justice. The morality of the New Testament is about our ability to let go of everything, not just the positive acts, not just the commandment against murder, but our ability to let go even of the deepest sins hidden within our hearts, the sins that we tend to let go because we justify them as normal. To love Christ and to love our neighbor is to let go of everything for them, including and especially sin.
And that is why we are called to be holier than the scribes and Pharisees. Because their calling to holiness was external. Their calling to holiness was about what they did. But our calling to holiness is about what we are. About things integral to our identity. Revealed in Jesus Christ, this new morality shines through. It shines through this veil. We have been taught what love is. We have been taught how to love by our God Himself taking up our humanity and dying on the cross. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful that He realized that if He did not show us how, how would we love as much as we should? That we broken humans, that we humans destroyed by original sin have not learned how to love properly. St. John said, we love because we are first loved. Because the only way we are able to take up our crosses and be crucified for other people is because we are walking behind Christ who first took up His cross, who was first crucified, who first died to Himself for the sake of others, for the sake of proving His love. I want to know what love is And Jesus Christ showed me We pray for the heart of Jesus to teach us how to act like Him How to love like Him